Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Uh, how are we doing? Every, how many of you are, uh, have been binging college basketball for the last three days? Anyone, anyone else joining me in some of the greatest sports days? Only Stephen. Awesome. Um, I see that hand, and I appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, glad you guys are here today. Uh, my name is Russell, uh, like Jake said, and we are continuing our series in Acts. Uh, last week, uh, we uh, can. Last week, we, I can't even remember what we talked about last week. That's how that's how that's how compelling this is as well. We talked about the stoning of Stephen last week, and this week we're talking about uh, this conversion of a guy named Saul, who most of us know as Paul as well. And so it's actually one of the one of the more famous stories in the New Testament. If you're unfamiliar with it, that's okay. Um, it's a it's a I think it's an incredibly powerful story uh, for us. Before we jump into that today, just uh, a random, somewhat random of a question: uh, Any Costco members here? Anyone? Any Costco members? Anyone like just love Costco? Like you? Yes. Like let, let's talk about. Maybe, maybe you can shout to me if you want to, but let's talk about what we love about Costco. Let's just start with that gas is 15 to 20 cents cheaper uh, than everywhere else. Isn't that a good thing? Yes, especially right now when gas is insane. It's like the time, like to me, this reminds me of when Hurricane Katrina, this is when I was in college, was hitting the Gulf and everyone was going home for like a fall break and gas went from like, I think about two bucks to about 450 in Georgia. It was crazy. Anyway, we love that. What else do we love? We love what, the $5 rotisserie chickens? Yes, right? Like, and if you're not a member of Costco, we're not trying to make you feel bad, but you should consider being a member of Costco because uh, it's awesome. Uh, actually, Cassidy's dad uh, loves Costco so much that every time he forgets that I have a Costco card, so he always asks me, you guys got a Costco membership? And, uh, and, then he, and then he proceeds to tell me about all the good deals at Costco every time. And he's not an old, old, older gentleman. He's actually quite, quite young and should not be telling me things like that as well. What else do we like about Costco? Paper towels. Anyone love a good Costco paper towel? Yeah? Anyway, but Costco's awesome because you get the benefits of this membership. Yeah, you got to pay into it. But I'm not going to lie. Like I, uh, the two things that I would say uh, were the cost of my membership, uh, car batteries and car tires. Those two things. Just by having a Costco membership, you will save money. It's, it's just the way it is, so consider it. But the reason why I'm talking about that today is um, what you get in Paul's conversion or Saul's conversion is you get this, uh, something that we call in, um, I guess, theological circles or systematic theo- theological circles uh, is this concept of being united in Christ. And it's almost like you, you have a membership in Jesus, just like someone would have a Costco membership. And so uh, really, uh, when you look at Paul's conversion, one, you see his story, which is this incredible story of how Jesus met him on this road when he was, in some, not in some ways, he was going the opposite way of where God might have him. He was going to kill Christians, and God stops him in the middle of the road and encounters him. But in their conversation, uh, scholars and other 
other theologians suggest that Paul picks up this theme that he will carry uh, in the rest of his letters of this union, this marriage with Jesus. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, it's not just that, that, that you're, 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 you're like, I'm going to try to look up to the guy. You, you are actually connected. You are united with him as well. And in that union, you receive all of the benefits uh, as such. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and so, I mean, very simply put, followers of Jesus are united in Christ. Like, that's a very simple idea. And so, like, are you leveraging that unity for your identity? Are you leveraging that unity in how you live and power and how you live and walk your everyday life as well? So let's pick this up in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. should be on the screen, God willing. And it goes like this. It says, But Saul, still breathing, threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. So the first time you see Saul is you actually see him at the stoning of Stephen. So uh, as they're stoning Stephen, again, Stephen, the first martyr of the church, uh, all of the people, as they are stoning him, they, t- they remove their outer cloaks, they lay them at the foot of Stephen, uh, and then they, 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 they chunk these rocks at him as well. So that's where they, they, lay, the, they lay their cloaks at the foot of, 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 of Saul. I said this last week as well, Saul, uh, is, uh, that is his Hebrew name. Uh, his other name uh, is Paul, and that would be his Greek name or that he would use in the Roman world uh, as well. So, verse 2, uh, he asked, so this is what he did, he, he asked uh, him for, excuse me, he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So this is what Saul's doing. He's saying, hey, I want to go to all of these synagogues in Damascus, and I want to round up all of the people of the way. That's what Christians were called. Uh, very Like the first name for Christians is people of the way or the way. And, uh, and so if you ever hear that, that's why John Mark Comer uses the phrase practicing the way of Jesus, uh, because it's a way of life, but it's also a, a a phrase that is used for uh, early Christians as well. But this is what he's doing. He says, I'm going to go into these synagogues. I'm going to round up Christians. I'm going to take them to prison, uh, to Jerusalem, and then ideally probably going to kill some of them. So why? So that we could squash this movement of the way. So that this movement would not continue to go any further, and the church uh, faces its uh, some of its earliest persecution as well. Verse three. So now, as 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 he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. So imagine you're on this road, uh, and then and again, it's the middle of the day. It's I mean, you're in the you're in, if you've ever been to that part of the world, it's bright, somewhat air, depending on the the season, if you will, but a light shines from heaven, similar to what it feels like, but much brighter than these spotlights that shine on me. And if the light, these lights aren't on, I can't see anything except these lights. And so that's, that's, what, that, that's what happens, but much brighter. And when he sees this, at falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him. So um, again, you're in this moment, you and some of your companions, you're ready, you got this mission, you're going to go, you're going to go imprison these people of the way, these Christians who proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead. We're going to handle this because we, we got to focus and get everyone back in line. And then boom, bright light, you fall to the knees, your knees. And then you hear this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul might be like, well, I'm just going, I'm not, I'm not even persecuting anyone yet. I'm on my way to persecute somebody. You know what I'm saying? 
And then he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And then he says, but rise and enter the city and you'll be told what you are to do. And so Saul is going in this one direction and he has, and he thinks, and here's, here's, the, here's the crazy thing is he thinks he's doing what is right. He thinks that he is doing what is right. He thinks that he is going the way that even that he would say that God has called him to. He was trying to protect the, 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 this establishment that God, that he was a part of and that he was trying to be obedient to God. There, you know, the Psalms actually says this. It says, there, and the Proverbs says too, it says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. That there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. Like there are things that we think, even now that you are you are engaging in, that you're living in, that you think that 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 that, that seem right, that seem the direction that you might supposed to go, but it's actually taking you to to to, to a plate point of death. It's going to lead you to death. It's going to lead you from missing out on the joy and the life and the fullness that God has for you. And this isn't what the sermon is about, but is there something right now in your life, maybe, maybe the Lord is prompting, maybe there's a, uh, a, a, an activity, a hobby, uh, a thing that you're engaging in, uh, uh, something that's unhealthy, a sin, whatever else it might be, that, that right now is leading you away from God, is leading you to death, but you think it's giving you life. And so, and, and so the amazing thing for Saul is that he is encountered by Jesus in this mighty in this powerful way and so really what happens just to recap a light from heaven shine on him he falls to the ground he's submitting to something without really knowing what he's submitting to honestly uh, he hears his name twice Saul saw why are you persecuting me Paul says who is saying this Jesus says who, uh, you're persecuting me like uh, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting and it's in this interaction that you uh, that that we believe that Paul is actually beginning to build this, this concept that people of the way, they're not just following this religion, they're not just following this set of rules, but there's a difference, there's something different about it, and it, there is a union or a connection with God, with Jesus, that is different than Paul imagined before. And, and the reason is it's, it's because, is, was Paul actually persecuting Jesus? If you're just taking it like in a literal sense, no, like he was he was persecuting the believers who f- he was persecuting the followers of Jesus, but Jesus wasn't there. But he but but out of this conversation, he creates this idea not not creates this idea. There's this present idea that exists is that no, like being a follower of Jesus that that when I persecute Christians, I'm persecuting Jesus himself. And if we know the teachings of Jesus, we might remember Jesus saying. Uh, what you've done to the least of these, you have done unto me. And so being a follower of a Jesus, it allows us to be united to him. And the way that it exists in our, uh, the, in our belief system is that, that the Holy Spirit is the one that, it, that, that, that helps unite us to Christ. That, that when we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells and lives inside us and, and makes a petition for us where that Jesus and us are connected. It's the same relationship that Jesus had with the Father. If you read John, something that the, the Gospel of John, what you'll notice is that Jesus is always so connected with the Father. And what I hope that does is that it actually encourages you is that you can have this deep, deep connection with Jesus. 
That if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the spirit dwelling inside of you, that you are united with Christ. You are, the, the way that Paul will say it often is that you are in Christ. Because you are in Christ, that you can experience and, and, and this incredible connection with Jesus. Now, the way that we have modernized this phrase, which you might have heard to make it, I, I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, is that we use this phrase, relationship with God. Hey, you, hey what's your relationship with God, God like? Hey, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Did you know you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? How's your personal relationship with Jesus going? That's what we say. And there's nothing wrong with that. The only, my, only, my only issue with that is it's too individual because union with Jesus is not just committed, it's not just between you and Jesus, it's with us and Jesus. So the only thing about the personal relationship is it makes us too individualistic in our relationship with God. Like it becomes all about us as opposed to, no, it's the church is united in Christ and we get to share in something. We have a Costco membership in Christ, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the concept. Like we have a membership in Jesus that is good. And, uh, and, and there's good things. So I, what I'm going to do is um, this, I'm, about to, I'm about to vomit a lot of scripture at you. Not to, to, I'm just going to show you how this interaction is now is going to filter through all, most of Paul's letters. You're going to see a lot of Romans, but you're going to, Paul wrote, mo, not most of the New Testament, word, by book, yes, words, Luke, but we're going to see how he uses this idea. And then also, what, it sa- what does it say about you? What does this say about you, or what does this say about us who are a part of the body of Christ, who are in Christ, who are united in Christ together? So they should be on the screen. There, there's multiple on the screen. You can write down the references if you want, or I can send you the slides later. Uh, it starts Romans 3.24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ. So you're justified by grace through his redemption in Jesus Christ. Romans 6.11, so also must consider yourselves dead in sin and alive in God in Christ Jesus. You are alive in Christ Jesus. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a free gift of God for eternal life, life after death in Jesus Uh, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for you if you are a follower of Jesus. Nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is what? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God because we are in Christ Jesus. So we, though many, though many of us, are what? One body in Christ, and individual members uh, one of another. We are a body. We are, we are the bride of Christ, as, as the scriptures pick up this illustration. 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, And because of him you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You get righteousness. You get, you get to be sanctified, to be made more like him. You get to be redeemed. You have to be purchased with his blood. 
Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. If you're in Christ, you are brought back to life as well. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is what? In Christ, he or they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This is why the resurrection matters so much that we're going to celebrate in just a few weeks at Easter, is that, that, that because Jesus didn't stay dead, he rose again, uh, ushering in something called the new creation, giving us new life. We're no longer dead in our sin, but we are alive in new Christ. We are a new person. That old self is gone away. Galatians 3.26, For in Christ you are all sons or sons and daughters of God through faith. We are children of God. We are children of God because we are in Christ. Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male, neither male or female. For you are all what? One in Christ Jesus. I promise three more, then we're done. I told you I was going to vomit at you. So that in the coming ages, he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards who? Towards us in Christ like you get to experience his immeasurable riches of his grace. And that's not, that's like, if you're like, well, I'm not experiencing that now. That's in the coming age. That's in something that's going to come. That's, that's in the, when we pray for Jesus to come quickly, that's what we're praying for. Because in the, in the age to come or in, the, in eternal life in heaven, we're going to experience his immeasurable riches of his grace. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him that God has created you from long ago to do good things as what as a part of his body because you are united with him but now in Christ Jesus last one who you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ you like Paul as we see in this story who was going the wrong way going his own way have been brought close been brought near how by by what by the blood of Jesus Christ because he's in Christ. So you're justified alive. You receive the gift of eternal life. No condemnation. You can't be separated from the love of God. You're, we are one body. We experience righteousness, sanctification, redemption. We are a new creation. We are children of God. We are one. We get to experience his immeasurable riches created for good works and brought near in Christ as well. There is benefit to being in Christ. Like that's your identity. That is, that, that is true of you if you say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. If you have uh, confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and, and God raised him from the dead, like you are a part of that family that has been redeemed, brought back to life, and, and can experience the an unmeasurable love of God. Like That's true. And this is what, this is, and you might be like, this is Paul's conversion. But no, it, it, it is Paul's conversion, but it's this idea of like, we are connected with God. And in this, this dialogue between Saul and Jesus, we see the connections of followers of Jesus or people of a way with our living Savior through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we as the body, we as the church, get to experience these incredible things because we are in Christ, not just in this present life, but in the life after death as well. So being in Christ is where our identity should be, and if you need encouragement today, like, again, l l read over those verses. Take time. If you're in a low place today, uh, read over those verses and see what is true of you, what is true not just of you, what is true of us as followers of Jesus, as the body of Christ who is in Christ.
So let's look at the rest of the story. So the rest of the story uh, is, is, so this is Saul gets told that, hey, you're persecuting me, Jesus, when you're persecuting uh, Christians, and now he's going to, uh, he's blinded, actually, he can't see, he's led to Damascus, and an, another believer at the time is told to go and to help uh, Saul out, which if you're another believer that time, you didn't know that he had this encounter with Jesus, and your response to God would be, uh-uh, I don't want to go. Or as Maisie likes to say, nuh-uh. That's, how, that's what Maisie says, which I don't know if your kids do that, if those of you have kids or babies, but that, that nuh-uh, it makes me want to nuh-uh. You know what I'm saying? So, but I don't, I, don't, I, I don't do that, but it makes me, it makes me want to nuh-uh. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so they lead him to Damascus. Um, they lead him to Damascus, and, uh, and then he, he meets this guy, uh, Ananias, uh, and so verse 10, we'll skip down to verse 10, he says, now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, uh, the Lord said to him in a vision, which it's amazing, he, he's connected with the Lord, he's spoken, and you know, we, I do I do believe that God speaks through dreams today, I do believe, I, I, I personally don't have this gift, but like I, I have had one, uh, I would call it vision, when I was in, uh, right out of college, uh, praying awake, and it was, I was praying, my eyes were closed, and I saw a picture in my mind, but uh, I have other friends that they're like, I feel like the Lord gave me a dream last night. I'm like, I wish I had that. That'd be really cool. Uh, but Ananias, uh, he's like, here I am, which is a very normal response to, hey, hey, God, God wants to speak to you. I'm right here. I'm listening. And verse 11, he says, the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. What a great name for a street. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so they might regain his sight. So Ananias is praying, and he gets this very clear vision from the Lord. Hey, I want you to go to this person. He's a man named Saul. He's praying. He's, he, he knows that you're going to come, and, 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 and um, you're going to pray for him so he's going to get his sight back. But if you're Ananias, and you've heard of the stoning of Stephen, and you've heard the rumors of this man named Saul, what would your response be? Nuh-uh, right? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> have, have you ever been, has God ever, like, tried to bring you to a place where you've never wanted to go before? Has God ever, like, have you ever felt led to go and have a conversation with someone or to love someone that you didn't want to love before? That's a, hard, that's a hard thing. So, But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. And so I, I already know, like this guy, he's gonna, like if I go, I, I might be imprisoned. Because he has this authority to take me and whoever else is in our church and in our, in our community to go away. But, but, but the Lord is, is, is says, no, verse 15, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show you him how much he must, he must suffer for the sake of my name. No, like I have great things for him. He's actually going to be this instrument that God's going to use to send to the Gentiles. Who are you to say who God can use? And, uh, you know, I, it makes me think um, as, as we, you know, we, we, I don't know if you have enemies in your life or some, sometimes that's a harder word maybe in this 21st century context, but 
But are there people in your life that like you would be unwilling to go to and to, to, to either share the good news of Jesus or to go and minister to them uh, because of something they've done to you or because of something you've heard about them? Are there people that you would not minister to because of their reputation? Like, who are you? Who am I to, to say what, what God wants to do and who God wants to use? And um, so I, I talked to for a long time about, you know, us being united in Christ. But what that also means is that we are a part of this body as well. And as a part of this body, that means that we have responsibility between one another. That you have a responsibility. If you say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, that means that you in this room, that there are other brothers and sisters in Christ who we are accountable to, that we should care for and that we should love and that we should minister to. And that means that in this room, if someone needs something, that we should rally around and, and we, should, we should be for that person. That also means that if we believe that God is calling us to minister to someone outside of this body who he wants to use and maybe bring in but we're uncomfortable with, that, that we need to, um, uh, in a very nice way, get over ourselves uh, and, and, and be willing to be obedient to what God is saying. And I, again, I don't, I don't have any, like, I don't have any, um, I, I don't have any thoughts in my own head about like that. I think our, our community does a pretty good job of that. But I do know sometimes we can build up resistance towards a group of people or it could be a person specifically that's hurt us or we've known their past and we think, oh, God couldn't use them. Yet God can use whomever he chooses uh, for his good and for his glory in this world around us. And so uh, I, I think what I want to say is I, I want, I, I would, one, like realize that we are a family. Realize that we isn't just your relationship with God, it's our relationship with Jesus and we are united and that we need to act like a family. Not like uh, brothers and sisters who fight, uh, like I did with my siblings, but brothers and sisters who are, are, are for one another. Other thing is, is we need to be in tune enough with God that if he wants to bring someone in, Ananias is, is with the Lord. He's praying with the Lord. He's spending time with God. We need to be in tune enough with God that if he calls you to go and either share the good news or to pray for someone or to, to minister to someone at your school or your job, whatever else it is, that, that we will do it. doesn't matter their reputation. doesn't matter what I think they're going to say. doesn't matter if I think they're going to, to reject me. I'm, I'm willing to take this good news of Jesus wherever it is. It reminds me, when I got married, um, I made the decision for many people uh, whether or not they sh they could come to our wedding. And what I mean by that is I have like my I, ha I have a specific f uh, my my best friend's parents. I thought to myself they won't want to come, so I won't invite them. And uh, so and it, it was like seriously I, I remember this conversation when I when I saw them after I got married. Uh, they are, literally, it was my best friends from s since I was in seventh grade. I assumed their answer, and when I saw them, they said, man, we really, we really wanted to celebrate that day with you, Russell, because we'd been walking through you a long time. And I, I apologize, because I had answered for them. I have this, I, and I still do this sometimes, I play out full conversations in my head, and then I assume what the answer is going to be from this person, and I think I'm right, because there's a personal bias here, you know what I'm saying? I'm often wrong. And, uh, and I played it all the way out, and I missed out on them being able to celebrate, like, that day with Cassie and I. 
and also for them to have connection with my family, with Cassie, all these other things too, because I assumed what their answer was going to be because uh, I just thought they wouldn't want to take the time. And for you, the same thing is like, are you assuming, are you assuming for, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's something else, but you're, you, you have this, this, this sense that God is wanting you to go and reach out to this person. And maybe they're in the body, maybe they're not. Uh, and you're, you're, you've assumed for them You've answered for them, and maybe God wants you to go and just be faithful like Ananias is. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him said, Brothers, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, taking Food, he was strengthened. So Ananias goes, uh, Saul's able to see, he receives the Holy Spirit, he's baptized, uh, and he, he, he takes strength. And then the rest of Acts, we're going to be focusing on much of Saul's ministry and seeing how God used even a, a believer who is faithful to invite him in. Because let's be honest, he's going to encounter other people who are going to be distrusting because of the things that he has done. And then eventually they open up and they see and they allow they allow this guy named Saul or Paul to be the instrument that God has called him to be. And so as we end today, I'm going to invite, uh, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Um, but as we end, I, just a few things as, as we respond today. Um, number one is, is you belong to Jesus if you're a follower of him. And it's not just some loose connection, but it's this union, it's this marriage, it's this, it's this deep connection that you have access to. And, and in that union, in that relationship, that you are a part of a body who has been redeemed by God, and you get to experience redemption, love, grace, wholeness, his love, it's, it's, it's incredible as well. Not only are you united with Christ, but you're a part of a big family. Like you're, you're, you're a part of not just the Mission City family if you're a follower of Jesus, but you're a part of the, the global church. I can go, I'm, we're going to Brazil in, in, in a week, and I'll meet believers who I've never met before, and we will have a deep connection because we follow Jesus. We're people of the way. And we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are a big family. I, um, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the Fast and Furious movies. Like, that might be a really uh, non-spiritual way to end the service, but I'm a sucker for the Fast and Furious movies. Um, not the third one, because it's trash, and the second one's not very good either, but one, four, five, six, seven, I think there's eight, maybe nine now. I can't even remember. There's so many. They're so good, right? But the reason, the one thing, let me, let's be honest, if you've never seen them, don't waste your time. Um, <laughs> but there's so, there's so many better movies, honestly. There's, so, there's, be, there's going to be a better action movie. There's going to be a better car movie. There's going to be better jokes. There's going to be um, whatever. But, but what they get right is at the end of almost every single movie, they're sitting around the table probably enjoying an adult beverage called a Corona, <laughs> which we're not saying that's good or bad right now, but, but there's this sense of family that you want to be a part of it. Like you want to be a part of it. And, uh, and they do it. And every movie ends the same way where they're all sitting around. It's either at their ha this, like Dom's house, Vin Diesel's character's house, 
uh, or they're sitting somewhere else, and like you leave just want you wish you if you've never experienced that like you want to be a part of a family like that and if you've have like you want to be close to those people and that's the point of the church is because we are united in Christ that we are knitted together that we are one big family who who belongs to Jesus together and in that we have responsibility to one another may we be obedient to those things may we learn how to live in as a family together because it's hard that's one of the hardest things to do because it takes vulnerability, it takes honesty, it takes accountability in some ways, and it takes showing up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.